Hello, fellow Switches. What's up, Switches Nation? This is Sara. And this is Zoe. This is the third part of our episode reaction, and we are going to cover episode five and six. So episode five opens with Abigail and Riel arguing about Scylla not being allowed to go to the wedding. And the next scene is obviously Riel meeting up with Scylla to give her the gift. Now, before she gives her the gift, we do get a very cute, very soft scene where Scylla picks Riel up. Oh, oh my god. Um, it was just so sweet. Like, and the fact that it was totally unscripted and, oh, Scylla just did that. Like, Amalia was like, yo, I feel like Scylla would be picking up her bae like this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, internally just being all squishy and cute and soft. Yeah, I think... I was live tweeting, um, obviously, during the episode. I think I just screamed. I think I just posted, like, um, a key smash or something. It was just, that was the only reaction. I think that's my reaction to a lot of the cute scenes, to be fair. Yeah, like, I don't know. And just, like, how sweet it was. And it was by the tree again. And that tree, like, has such a kind of monumental presence in the way and you can watch it evolve in the scene because you really first see the beauty of it during Beltane when mm -hmm. she gives it like just emotional which you know and I think there is this time gap and jump I think we said it was the biggest was between Beltane and the wedding didn't we like calculate the jump that was like um, just I think oh, the no 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 it was the, it was the beginning when they first arrived to Beltane that was the biggest jump. Yes. Yeah. But there was also a jump, I think, between kind of Beltane and... Yeah. It seemed a bit, you know. A little bit, yeah. But I'd also say, like, you can see the tree here is still very kind Very, like, um, more like a bright, almost white to yellow still looking. Instead of it's very, uh, like, classic and typical very yellow color that motherland is known to give us <laughs> um and then i like i know i mentioned this but like in the end when Rael's very conflicted and anacostia is talking to her at the tree um it's a very dark and mournful like lack of just color and i think it just goes to show the progression kind of of the relationship too it's like at first you're all in this fully kind of sense of love you know you're in the honeymoon phase you're in puppy love and in the middle it's like you're still sweet and all that and then towards you're learning more about someone you didn't expect it's kind of like a relationship in a way and I'm not saying all relationships go that way but it's like once you get past that phase and then you start facing real challenges and real situations where it's not like you're just defending a person because you're completely enamored by them you have to face the reality of what it means to be humans and what it means to be humans in a relationship i mean in this situation they're witches but you know what i mean yeah true and you're very good at analyzing the tree scenes you've been doing that a lot <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> 
It's not a bad thing. It's a very good thing. You've made loads of very interesting tweets, and I am kind of discreetly suggesting that people go and look at those. Just you know, discreetly suggesting it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've made a few tree posts or something. I think I made a tree. Po- I made a tree poem. I will say you I re- did. Oh, I. I thought I bookmarked it. I did not. <laughs> I'll eventually find it and I'll share it. Um, I think that then we have the gift scene. Like, that is super cute, too. Like, she <laughs> made her uh, a charm. Like, you know, and like, what from what we know about the charms is that they're usually given or passed down or made by someone in the family or something like that. You know what I mean? I feel like it comes from a more sentimental place. And it was really kind of... Because, like, we briefly saw Ali's mom and her charm, mm-hmm. you know? And that was still really iffy. Like, to be honest, I would be surprised if Tally's mom comes more into next season. Because they just kind of were like, here she is and, like, here she's not, you know? Maybe her mom <laughs> will become more involved when she finds out her daughter's now, like, some, like, 70-year-old lady. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I still expect her to storm into Fort Salem. Because, like, if she doesn't, what the heck? Yeah. But then um, she legit, uh, what is it? Not legit, but she gives, she makes uh, her charm and Scylla calls it sexy weird, just like that. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, we all loved how awkward Rayelle was. And usually Scylla's very a smooth kind of player. And then she's kind of a bumbling idiot, but not usually around Rayelle. Like she's just kind of a, little wit and all that oh that was her like awkward like like her trying to be down to that level and that little smile she gave she's like six years <laughs> and you're like oh my god <laughs> like this is the most uh, kind of out there Scylla we've seen in a while in a way you know mm-hmm. like I mentioned last podcast episode last week basically um I think one of the reasons I love this scene so much is that it really feels like Rael is kind of saying I love you in her own way. So, yeah, there's, you know, gay feels. And Many... that she made it for her, knowing that her parents yeah. don't have, like, anyone to give it her the charm or feel protected. Like, this is her saying, if anything were to happen, I want you to be safe and protected, kind of, you know. And I put my time and effort into this. Yeah, and it's very representative of Scylla. Like, it's a skull, Mm -hmm. and it's got flowers around it, because what Scylla does is grow life out of dead things, which is, you know, Something saying, again, like, oh, I want to show you something beautiful. She shows her growing the plant out of the dead bird, and then here, um, Rael's like, you know what, this is beautiful, you're beautiful, you're worth protecting, here's something that ties into who you are as a necro. Mm-hmm. Though, it wouldn't be kind of funny if, like, Rael just runs back to the graveyard after that scene and just keeps his dead bird. Oh my god. <laughs> Didn't, wasn't there something like, um, oh my god, I don't know if Incorrect Motherland did it. I thought I saw something weird or we're doing a weird scenario where we were talking about how, um, Rael just like is hoarding, like yeah, <laughs> hoarding yeah. 
said a total surprise to make it. And we're like, and Abigail's like, what is that smell or something? And Sally's like, oh, Rael's just keeping a dead bird or something. Yeah, it was incorrect, Motherlands. Oh, I found I found the tree, the tree thing. Not that I've been looking for it. Yes, I have. <laughs> I said, <clears throat> excuse me. There's a picture of them of them holding each other the first time in the tree when she picks her up and gives her the gift, and then the ending when it's very dark. And I said, This tree is their constant. It's seen the passion, devotion, and the pain that comes with their love. From the small acts to the large gestures. Yet there it stands, even in darkness, just as strong as it did the day before, because it knows this is not the end. <laughs> She's like, boom, dropped mic. <laughs> Maybe we'll just uh, retweet that with the podcast account so that people can find it. Okay, let me bookmark it. <laughs> right, so after Riel gives Scylla her gift, then... Scylla gives Riel something in return, sort of, which is basically a scar. Very romantic. It's she, she basically marks her like it's a it's a it's an S. It's Scylla's initial on Riel's hand. That's a bit possessive. Yeah, we were like, oh, damn, <laughs> like girl, and. There were so many theories that came from this idea, and I think we started sprouting. She's going to get separated from her pretty much as soon as this happened. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah, sure we all went And we were like... Yeah, because it had to come into play later on, so it had to happen. Yeah, we were like, she's going to communicate, and this is how she like, does this, you know, but is it only one way? And we're all talking about it. Yeah. You know, and she was like, I came up with this, like, spell, a little magic of my own. And we're just like, oh, girl, made a, a spell just for you. <laughs> like, and I'm like, oh, what kind of what kind of um magic is this? And where would she have learned that technique, you know, mm-hmm. of doing that? Yeah. And the one thing that I was thinking when this happened, I was like, I was expecting it to be allow like the spell to allow more than just that one single letter but no it's just that letter it's it's it's, it's just silly's initial that's it yeah you would think they'd be able to write something or <laughs> yeah something more like a message and nope. just as no, it'd be funny if that's how Anacostia keeps track of all her, like, little unit. Like, we were talking about, like, I know everyone was, like, Garrett's angels from that one, like, behind-the-scene photo shoot, but everyone was, like, Anacostia's angels. <laughs> and, like, Anacostia <laughs> pulls the girls in, and she's just, like, writing a letter on her hand, and everyone just shows up, like. <laughs> or, God knows she needs to keep, um, Rayal in tightly. She's like, where is that girl? And there's, like, a tracker, like, a couple... <laughs> And she's like, my god, she's in, you know, the necro building again. Are you kidding me? Yeah, she needs more she needs more of a tracker tracker for Rayo. Yeah, like I'm surprised she hasn't microchipped that child yet. <laughs> I'm surprised Abigail hasn't done it. Abigail would love to put a tracker in Rayo. She would. Okay, so then moving on, our girls arrive at the wedding and find that Scylla is already there. Well, okay, already there. I mean, we saw her 
pretty much dress up as a wait staff and then yeah. burn her face as she walked around the corner and put on her jacket. And Abigail's face, when she sees her, just she utterly stops <laughs> and just glares. Um, Scylla just like smiling and waving innocently, like, hey guys, like fancy meeting you here. You come here often. Kind of look. <laughs> like face of just like, oh, what's going on? I need a I need to, you know, get Oh my god, I can't think of her name. Abigail's mom. Petra. Petra. Petra like, I need to talk to her. Then she sees Scylla and she's like, how'd you get in here? And Abigail's like, this is not the time. Get her it's, out. It's so cute because like, Riel's face just lights up while Abigail's does the opposite. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's pretty much like, it's like Abigail wished she had child leashes for all- <laughs> and she's like all of them. walking them to her mother when they're like introduced to what is it? They're introduced to uh the dean or to the other generals Petra, uh, Petra and all that. And she's like, "Oh, who's this? Like, I'm, your unit is not for people. Who is this person?" <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah. this uh, Rael's plus one, and she's like, "Oh." Did not account for that. And, like, Abigail's <laughs> trying to drag them all over to, like, be like, come on, let's go. After the scene where they're all introduced to Petra and the other generals, they kind of split up. And I'm pretty sure at that point, Rael and Scylla go dancing, don't they? Yeah. <clears throat> they're... This is the first sweet. Oh, no, wait. We have the wedding first. Well, yeah, okay. Well, you know, no one really cares about Charvel and her hubby Bubby, who she's okay. not excited. <laughs> okay, like, I'm sorry, but I'm glad to see a little more into Abigail's retrospective life and how she grew up, like, how the bellwether name has impacted her. And she's like, you want to be stuck to a dude for five years? And Charvel's like, it's just five years, and then I can do whatever. Like, their whole family seems very nonchalant, and no wonder she has five daddies. I love how Ashley, like, was talking before this episode. You get to figure out why Abigail has five dads, and everyone's like, she has one? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, okay, what is important in this scene there's there's two like many moments that happen during the wedding ritual that are both like just so soft so one is uh, a unit bonding kind of sisterly moment between Tally and Abigail where Tally just puts her hand on Abigail's shoulder, shoulder and I just I just love the scenes between Tally and Abigail because whereas Abigail and Rael have this kind of bond that comes from their clashing, their friendship is built on the kind of conflict that they've worked through. But Tally and Abigail have this very, very sweet friendship because Abigail gets so soft around Tally, and Tally can handle Abigail. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. I think this was a very strong episode of the Bond to show, kind of just outside of Salem events. Like I feel like every time they've left Fort Salem, the base is that they've had a much stronger connection and I think that it's because they have to rely on each other outside they're not necessarily as protected or being scrutinized it's like every time they leave it's 
reality it's the real world and they they realize that they have to be there for each other and you see a lot more of that too yeah absolutely and the um the other small moment was pretty much at that same time where Rael and Scylla just they kind of just look at each other in this super I don't know I don't even know like in this super sweet way and they link hands and I loved that scene so much that I think it was my profile picture on Twitter for months oh my god yeah it was just (laughs) oh Two of them together was so sweet. And then, like, I hate how we pretty much have our hearts ripped out! Anyway. Um, <laughs> getting ahead of myself a little. Okay, okay. You can take the next moment, because the next moment is the food scene. And people have, honest to God, they've made t-shirts out of this. <laughs> t-shirts! <laughs> they have lobster! <laughs> Just like the fact that Tally's eyes get as big as like dinner plates. <laughs> like they're all just shoveling down food. Abigail like pretty much comes over and goes like, what are you doing? And Rael's double fisting two champagne flutes. And it's just like, you know what? If I'm going to be here, I'm going to have a good time about being here. Like I can't be completely sober pretty much. <laughs> Scylla is just like, you know, Tally shoving her face full of strawberries and stuff. And Scylla just whips around and goes like, they have lobster. And then Tally's eyes get so large and she just runs over to the lobster table. And Abigail's like... <laughs> My unit has not seen food in the what maybe like a <laughs> hours since breakfast. What the heck is this? She's like, these are children, and this is why I need yeah. leashes. Yeah, Abigail is so done with them throughout this episode. But I mean, you can't fully blame her. This is literally the bellwether event of the year, or the event of the one of the biggest events of the year for the High Atlantics, you know. And they're like, and she has to. Carrie uphold this and this is the first time her unit's being seen outside of after being assigned you know and I think it really goes to show it's like does she, they're looking at her like do you have control of your unit mates as in like you're supposed to be a leader you're a bellwether and if she doesn't come off that way then it's like oh you know and I think there have been possibly rumors especially with Petra still being a higher up in the military knowing that possibly Willa Collar's daughter is in her unit. Like, she must have heard that, you know? Because she must have heard when, must have heard, when, like, uh, what was it? General Alder was like, you know, I could threaten, tell your mom that you wanted to switch out of your units, you know? <laughs> so, I don't blame her for being a little more tight, tidy, like, up, like, mm-hmm. about the whole situation, because, in a way, she was literally bred for her role and reputation is on the line in this kind of event. And if we have all these kind of moving parts, like, you know, Scylla having her own secret mission agenda, Rael just being her rebellious, stubborn self, and Tally just being a hopeless, you know, food lover and in love with Garrett and just wanting everyone to be happy, kind of, in a way. (laughs) And seeing way too much than she needs to be seeing that day. Um, You know. (laughs) There's just a lot of going on, and, like, Abigail's like, I need to rein them all in. Yeah, pretty much. 
Um, so while you were talking, I I did something and now I'm just staring at this image because I have I usually have the episode um, open under Skype because yeah, guys, we use Skype to record and I moved forward to see what the next scene was going to be. And I just stopped at this frame and Scylla's face is priceless because okay so they're dancing and they see in a costume so this is the moment where Riel decides to go and confront Anacostia and Scylla in in this exact frame she's just looking at Riel like or maybe not and she's got it's she's like I don't even know how to describe this I think I'm gonna make this the background of the episode preview for Instagram. I think this is going to be it because you all need to see this. <laughs> it's so funny. Zoe, I'm going to send it to you. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Oh my god, that that is that is quite the look. <laughs> it's just it's so perfect. Yes. She's literally just like she knows that Rael is gonna stir shit up and she's just like, or maybe not, let's let's just keep dancing. No need. Oh my god. I mean, if Rael or Scylla offered to dance with me, I wouldn't be doing anything else. I just <laughs> <laughs> True, absolutely. Yeah, true. But okay, so anyway, the scene in this scene, Rael basically just marches up to Anacostia to tell her to let her know where the line is. Basically, she tells that she tells her to leave them alone. She is interrupted by Tally, who tries to drag her away. And before that can happen, obviously, what does Riel do? She grabs her girlfriend and gets <laughs> one of the most assertive in-your-face kisses, like Anaconda. <sighs> And Anacostia looks like she's imagining them combusting, like, right in front of her. Like, just blow up or setting on fire because, my God, does she grab that neck and she just pulls her in and looks <laughs> down at the ground and is like, oh, my God, you need that one. No, we need to go now. And Rael just looks back at her and pretty much, like, lets Tally finally drag her off. And Scylla's just like... <laughs> collect composure, and then she side-smirks as she's walking away. Anacostia gets up in her face and goes like, Rael doesn't need you, and all that, and Scylla pretty much goes like, well, I believe her performance has gotten so much better since we've been together. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's pretty much what she says. I have it finished is. proving her. <laughs> yes, it is exactly what she says. And um, as far as reactions go, I think think I was just cheering them on at this point I probably felt like um, you know I never went to the stadium to see a match but I think I was cheering that loudly <laughs> it was 3am in the morning for me but I was cheering that loudly yeah that was that was I, that was pretty iconic there it was it absolutely was and you have to admire Demetrius performance in this scene as well because like Taylor is just like going for it and Demetria does a very good job to at keeping you know her unperturbed face 
and Anacostia's seriousness. Because obviously it must have been on set, it must have been quite the playful moment. It must have been quite a fun scene to shoot. And I wonder, I wonder if they had to redo it a lot. Like I wonder if there were many outtakes because maybe they started laughing or something. Probably. Like I don't know how she keeps such a straight face. I couldn't do it. I break out laughing. <laughs> like firing me just because I couldn't keep the, the most straight <laughs> face like I would be but I would be ruining take after take after take and they'd be like okay we're just going to like have to CGI your face onto someone <laughs> <laughs> you ain't doing you ain't doing it right yeah but they all did very very well for sure so moving on, the next scene that we have is Garrett. So Tally sees Garrett and the coward doesn't even let her know what's actually going on. Oh my he god. This goes away with her and kisses her. And I just ugh. Him and his god darn wedding sash, engagement sash. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe him. Tally does not deserve it. Tally deserves the world of just how innocent and good she wants to be. And sure, at times that gets her in trouble. And she has to look more so at the world realistically. But, like, it's like saying you're taking a puppy and you just, like, you know, kind of, like, dragging it along with a leash. And then you just let it kind of wander off in the fields. And then you expect it to come back to you after you come back in a couple days. Like, no, it don't work like that. You can't hurt a puppy like that. We're going to come after you, boy. That was intense. I have a lot of pent-up feelings. You do. You certainly do. The thing that bothers me is why didn't Abigail stop her? Abigail should have told her. I mean, she she knew. She told Raelle. She should have told she should have told Tally. Yeah, true. I think that was be something crucial to do. But at the same time, I don't know if it's like necessarily just, you know, selfishness or just doesn't care in a way. Like, you know how like sometimes people who have information decide whether or not it's best to share or not to share, you know, and leaves it up to that leaves it up to fate. Like, you know, would it be better if I gave this Yeah. But she would have found out anyway. She found out later anyway. The the thing I think that Abigail doesn't, I mean, doesn't have the instinct of telling Tally, of telling Tally. That sounds. Um, anyway, I think she doesn't at first tell Tally because, you know, it's kind of her culture. She's she's grown up in this environment. She's used to this. Um, to her, it wouldn't be a surprise if a guy that she slept with was actually engaged. She wouldn't be bothered by this because she's used to it. And perhaps at first, you know, she wouldn't expect somebody else to be bothered by this or somebody else not to expect this. But at the same time, she does know Tally. Clearly, she does. Um, and, you know, she's been so supportive in other scenes that it does like kind of I don't know not upset me it's not that big of a deal but it does make me go why why didn't she tell Tally true I I don't know that one really 
Oh well, let's move on. So we have more of Rayon and Scylla dancing. We have, oh well, we have Tally finding out. Oh right, yeah, the next important thing that happened, well important, somewhat important thing that happens is that Tally finds out, I mean, realizes that Garrett is engaged and both Tally and Rael just leave Abigail alone to face the Dean of War College. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of a biatch-ass move. Yeah, um, a little bit. I mean, there's still a lot more stress and extreme pressure put on to them, but like at the same time, there wasn't much work. Because she pretty much was like... You're gonna get in, you're a bellwether, what do you expect? You know, it's like, I'm not even gonna take this seriously. And Abigail's really offended, because she's like, you mean all, probably the pressure I've been put under by my mother, the expectations to carry this, all this, you know, and this appearance and this, everything that comes with the bellwether name is all for naught, because just because of the bellwether name in a way, it's like, you do all this hard work and effort and you're driven and raised and told you have to be like this, just do this. And the woman's like, you know, don't worry about it. You're pretty much, yeah, you know. And you're like, what? Yeah. I know. And she is quite upset about it and she confronts her mom about it later when Petra um, tells her, you know, that the Dean was impressed with her or whatever. And Abigail goes like, I think she was impressed with your medals and your status. And she is, she quite, she takes it personally because, you know, she's been made to take it personally. She's, she's probably been made to feel her whole life, like her value as a person depended on her um, value in the army. So, obviously, this is very personal. Yeah, for sure. We should probably hurry up because this is taking yeah. forever again. But uh, where's the surprise in that? So... I just want to was an hour long almost. <laughs> I know. Um, well, I mean, we've got... I don't think these are big, like, reaction moments because we've got... Abigail talking to Charvel. Oh, and then we have the bathroom scene where, you know, Scylla proves to be a terrible double agent. Yes. What, what, how did you react to that? Like when it showed that Tally had oh, heard everything? I nearly lost it. I was like, first of all, if you think someone is in another room or you're just checking it out and it's <laughs> room I like I know it's teeny you can look the other way too and second of all most bathrooms or like like have a mirror across from <laughs> the toilet so if she's looking in the way that is not at Tally who's sitting on the toilet and crying which I'm pretty sure she was and there's a mirror there wouldn't you see a whole ass person on <laughs> It has their knees up on the toilet sobbing, like, or quiet, trying to be quiet while sobbing. And second of all, are you just dumb? Like, okay, I'm sorry. Scylla was, it totally showed her newbie kind of, like, spy double age. I, I don't know, not even double age. Her, yes, her, her, her ability of stealth or 
anything awareness zero. <laughs> just zero <laughs> because the tally's able to hear and see everything and oh my god it's our little innocent baby gets dropped with the biggest like information drop of the show and we're like what yeah it's she doesn't even actually peeks in with her head like she she just looks she opens the door and she looks and that's it she doesn't actually even step inside halfway i think my reaction to this moment was to kind of just yell and people think that she could be mulger seriously she's this bad but you think she could have pulled off the mall thing how yeah, because that takes so much more, like, depth and planning and strategic, like, she, even if it didn't look like it, there's a lot more that goes into there. She fucked, I mean, oops, she ducked up Porter's death by chucking him off the roof in front of Rayelle. Like, she didn't physically chuck him, but she pretty much told him to chuck himself, you know, like... Even the the old lady, and I mentioned this before, like the last, I think, podcast, was like, we had to fix your mistakes with that boy, you know, and clean it up and stuff. Because she's she's a newbie. She's a baby. She doesn't know what she's getting herself into. And it's clearly seen, too, because she's willing, she fell in love, and she's willing to sacrifice the mission for Rayelle, you know? The bigger picture isn't import- as important anymore. I mean, and I'm not trying to say, like, every age, like, agent or spy is like that. But the more missions usually, like, the stereotype is the more missions you do and all that, the more it's easier to fall, like, I guess, you know, fall through without hesitation. But when you're very new to this and you have to make decisions that are really hard, they tend to make more mistakes or the good decision because mm-hmm. they're just not cut up for it or this is their first time, you know? And that's just, like, the basis stereotypes of all kind of, like, you know, stories, situations, villains, heroes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. She's just an awkward gay. Yep. She can't do the villain thing. Anyway, the next scene is the dance with the I love you near the end. And I don't even know if I can explain my reaction to it because I think I was just melting. That's that's it. Like, my heart was melting. Oh, that was super sweet. And we know already how Rayel... They're not really necessarily ones for words sometimes with each other. I think Rayel definitely is more... Rayel's definitely more as the more emotional out outgoing and that's like kind of surprising but she also seems like a person who definitely wears her emotions more on her sleeve and mm-hmm. she's very loyal to those she feels about but if you cross her she she does not forgive easily or forget mm-hmm. you know well Scylla over here is a very kind of guarded person and she's been pretty much raised and trained to be that way because of the situation with being on the run and then her parents is like her parents is her parents murder you know murders yeah so just mm -hmm. having the essence of them holding each other and just hearing the words and just having this understanding and like her choosing not to take rael down to the beach and her assignment shows them love 
I mean, I knew that was going to happen, but yeah, I was so happy. The fact that, like, Rael's, like, I mean, Scylla was like, I need to take you somewhere. Rael's just so paranoid. She's like, can we dance? You know, she pretty much is like, let's dance one more time. And Scylla looks at the clock and goes like, okay, sure. And then she comes to the moment where she realizes when it strikes the time, she's like, I can't take her, you know, and this is what yeah. she needs screw my mission screw the objective like she needs me here like this more than anything right now and she does it and then the balloons come (laughs) yes they do and it's still unclear whether the balloons were the spree i i reckon it would be that would have been the spree um offering a way to scylla for scylla to take rail to the extraction place. But then again, it could have been the Camarilla. I think it was the spree because the balloons are already talking to Scylla and all that. But I think the Camarilla were already placed there too. So they, two different parties were planning different forms of attack. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then while the balloons were in distraction, the Camarilla are like, okay, so they're distracted by that, and we can make it pretend we are the spree, you know what I mean? Like, they're like, this is our time to kind of attack. And that happens with Abigail finding her cousin gruesomely more murdered than she's got to fight the Camarilla with her mom. Except at this point in time, we don't know that they're Camarilla guys were led to believe that they're spree because that's what they say at the end and what I really liked of this scene other than the mother-daughter bonding fight which I much appreciated because we don't get before this we didn't get a lot of Abigail and Petra bonding this is kind of the beginning of them getting a little bit closer which makes sense sharing an experience like that But what was fun in the scene where the Camarilla guys basically just set fire to themselves and then get wind striking through the windows is... (laughs) Bye-bye. Yeah. Is that... Which, by the way, is funny because you would expect Petra as... Uh, general would think no actually I need to try and save these people so that I can get information out of them or you know not necessarily save their lives but save their bodies so that the necros can do their thing but she Mm -hmm. doesn't even try to do that no but yeah what was fun in this scene was all the theories that emerged from it because obviously there were a bunch of people me included who already thought those guys were not spree. And I, f- I think this is where the Camarilla theory was like kind of confirmed. Because like if they're not spree, they have to be Camarilla. Yeah. And it was kind of a giveaway. Okay, that scene was pretty good. Because honestly, from what we knew so far is that Petra was kind of cold-hearted, cared about the bellwether name and all that. But as soon as the balloons came and she got the first line of defense, she left them and she ran mm-hmm. over pretty much to Abigail, not 
Abigail. <laughs> she ran over to Abigail. She ran over to <laughs> Allie and Rael at different times. It was like, have you seen Abigail? Have you seen my daughter? You know? And they're mm-hmm. like, no, we haven't and all that. And she's running around looking for her daughter. And she's like running through the house. And here's these grunts. And then like, she opens the door. And these two sol- soldier people, fake soldier people, have her like nearly ready to cut her throat open. And Petra like is getting her ears pierced out by the sound mechanism mm-hmm. that blocking their abilities and she's like oh no you don't with my daughter and they like <laughs> decide the f- full-on fight together and that was such a badass scene like yeah thing like Petra does care about her daughter because like she wouldn't have left everyone else in the fight like her immediate response was go find Abigail she wasn't like looking for other family members she wasn't doing anything else. you know what I mean like she was looking for Abigail and the fact Abigail took a knife to the shoulder like a boss like she did and then she just like pulls it out and we're just like oh oh okay you know and they together are like screaming their heads off as they just eject them out okay yeah <laughs> but also with that comes a very more serious topic abigail is pretty traumatized and she has Mm -hmm. post-traumatic stress disorder from it and it's but it also goes to show that it can happen to anyone and certain things can cause this it's not necessarily seeing people i mean seeing people die yes in a way but like you know there are different things and people react differently and have different triggers which you know, can be really intense for some and anything, drop of the hat, can cause them to react. And I think it shows how such a strong person or made-to-be-strong person can be so vulnerable, you know, Mm -hmm. with the follow-up of this incident. Yeah, of course. And this episode ends with Rael finding the broken charm and Rael and Tally gathering around Abigail to make sure that she's okay and they're just all standing close together and just sort of silently supporting each other like it's a very strong ending mm-hmm. I mean they just got like attacked people died and they're gathering their thoughts and like they find them they find each other among the aftermath and they they feel like these are who they've come to rely on and to feel comforted by as their unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after this, they will all be dealing with stuff because Abigail will be dealing with PTSD from the fight, from, well, seeing her cousin pretty much slaughtered. Rael will be dealing with Scylla being gone. And Tally will be dealing with keeping the secret of why Scylla is gone. Man. (laughs) (laughs) That was one hell of a ride. This is almost an hour of recording. I think we need to stop here and just make this an episode. Yeah, that it in itself, that was a big episode. And I think it was really cool to have it as the fifth episode. Like, it was a good halfway point of climactic kind Mm -hmm. of essence we have five more episodes to (laughs) react to so we'll get to that for now thank you once again to linda for the request and everyone if you have requests comments feedback 
don't hesitate to get in touch. You can message us at at Switches Podcast on Twitter or Instagram. Stay safe and thank you for tuning in. Onward to glory, soldiers. <laughs>